now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I am your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. And we are excited about this special Mother's Day edition of the Matt and Dez Experience. We have one of our great friends, Bethany Hicks, on today's show. And uh, Bethany is the worship director at the Mission Church in Vacaville. And she's also one of the prophetic trainers in the prophetic company that we have here at the Mission Church. So Bethany, welcome to our podcast today. I'm so honored to be here with the Matt and Des experience. <laughs> you guys Woo-hoo. are awesome. I love that I get to experience you guys daily anyways. And so, <laughs> and that fun. the rest of the world gets to see who you guys are because you guys are amazing. We oh, love you guys. We all have a lot of fun together. And that's why it's we get to so do this true. podcast. I know. We're letting people into our world of just our dynamic of our relationship and how we're just going to have some fun. So we're going to be real raw and uh, there may be some uncanny moments with our kids running around. This is the Mother's Day experience. <laughs> so you may hear a little shouting and playing around, maybe some jumping. I don't know. Yep. Uh, so they may yeah, watch Yeah, if you hear some moment. thumping, it's not the car driving by. <laughs> With their bass up real high. It could be just kids jumping around. <laughs> real life. Real life. It's so true. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Bethany, thank you so much for joining us. We are going to have fun. We are going to talk about some amazing things today. And the first thing we want to do, just opening up, is we would love to ask you about your upcoming book you have coming out. Yes. So, can you tell us what it's about, what the title is, and share? Hold on. Drum roll, please. Yeah. Okay, take it away. Yes. um, My book, my first book is called Own Your Assignment. And it's the tagline is every woman's call to raise up world changers. And you know, this was a message that the Lord had given me about almost actually one year ago, Mother's Day in at our local church, I was asked to speak at the Sunday morning service. And, you know, I was like trying to figure out like, what do you say on Mother's Day? Like, Lord, what do you want me to speak? And and it was interesting because the Lord started reminding me of words that I've had, encouraging words that I've had where the Lord would say, you know, you're a prophetess and you're a pioneer and you're a forerunner and you're a trailblazer and all these words that I would just resonate with. My heart was like, yes, yes, that's me. That's who I am. They felt so powerful. And then I would get the same words and the same people and you'll be known as a mother or you'll be known as a spiritual mother or you, you know, and I was just like, I would cringe inside. I don't know how else to explain it, but I would cringe inside. And, you know, I'm a natural mother of three children. My parents are still married. I mean, I grew up in an amazing godly family and I love being a natural mother, but this was not about being a natural mother for me. This was about identifying with with something the Lord was calling me that I felt was like weak and inferior and honestly like a second class citizen Wow! as far as being what a spiritual mother is. And so, because what happened was as I was cringing and then I was like, Lord, I believe that you wouldn't call me something that wasn't true. Come on. I love that. You know? And so my spirit would resonate with these powerful pioneer, all these powerful words. But when 
he would call me a mother because in my mind I had a misconception that a spiritual mother was like weak or powerless or inferior or second class. I personally don't identify with any of those anyways. And so I couldn't fit myself into that box. So I realized on Mother's Day last year, I was like, okay, so either either God's wrong <laughs> in calling me this or my understanding of what a spiritual mother is is incorrect. Wow. And so that really set me on a journey to truly understand what is the assignment of a mother, a spiritual mother, what is the assignment universal? And so I preached a few keys on raising world changers and what I felt like the assignment of a mother was last year on Mother's Day. And it was um, really, really well received. And then um, a few months later, we were at the School of the Prophets um, in Redding, California. And um, and then I shared a snippet of it during a Q&A. And there was a stand innovation to the answer to my question, which was crazy. Like, I mean, I remember in the moment, like feeling super awkward, like, what do I do right now? (laughs) I just shared this thing for five minutes. And, and, you know, people are clapping for me. Why are they clapping for this answer? And I realized Mm -hmm. that it's striking a chord in the hearts of the body of Christ right now, that it's really time for the mothers to arise. And so, and at that, it was at that conference that one of the senior prophets at Reading, Chris Valentin, prophesied over me and said, you're going to write this book. And I believe God's called you to redefine what motherhood is in the kingdom. And so I wrote the book and here we are literally exactly nine months later (laughs) from when Chris released that word. My books arrive tomorrow. I'm going to do a pre-release for our local church um, at the mission this weekend and a conference next week. And then my official launch will be um, in early August. So the book, that's what it's called. I'm very excited about it. I'm surprised by it as well that the Lord would kind of assign this to me to do, but I believe in it. And I still feel like I'm learning to step into the call of sort of being this, this powerful mother. But um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, you know, it was interesting because we were at the school of the prophets and we witnessed firsthand the standing ovation. And I got to tell you, I've been at a lot of conferences there yeah, and I've seen very few standing ovations for people. So that was so amazing that what I love in the body of Christ, we hear a, a lot of uh, reference and maybe even some teaching about spiritual fathering, but we don't really hear a lot about spiritual mothering. And that's very interesting to me because I remember years ago, the Lord had spoken to my heart that we had not received the fullness of the nature of the Holy Spirit because we have not had mothers rise to their actual position in the church because the Holy Spirit is a nurturing spirit. It kind of represents the mother. And we've seen this whole thing where we haven't really seen women totally empowered in the body of Christ. Right. Yeah. I feel like for me, the reason why I didn't step into that uh, spiritual mother role or assignment is because I didn't understand what the assignment was. You know, I felt like, and I still feel like a lot of women, especially attach it to kind of that granny in a rocker that's knitting crocheting (laughs) socks. And, and the idea honestly to me in my mind was that, if I'm being called a spiritual mother, that means I don't get to do the stuff anymore. That means I now have to raise up others and they get to all have the fun and I have to stay home. Honestly, <laughs> wow. that's, that's what good. I was connecting yeah. it with. And I think a lot of women do. And so when I, but when I started to study scripturally, the powerful mothers and actually the assignment that is universal to all mothers, both natural and spiritual, but there's a unique expression 
through each woman. So a CEO can be as powerful of a, of a mother and operate in the assignment of mother as much as a stay-at-home mother. Absolutely. The assignment is the same, and I'm talking both natural and spiritual children. The assignment is the same, and that's what needed to be clarified. And that's what I feel like. I feel like when women understand the assignment of what a mother really carries, men and women, I feel like women are going to step into it more. Yeah, and let me just say, I love the title and what that speaks to me, and I'm excited to read the book when it comes out, Yay. first of all. Um, Signed copy, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm giving it to well, you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> but I love it because what that speaks to me is ownership and responsibility. I feel like just from my point of view so that good. for so long, I feel like, how do I say this? Some have used um, our gender, being a woman, as kind of a, a victim mindset. And right. I feel like we've been waiting on others to empower us mm. or waiting on men to empower us. And, you know, it's really not their job. It's our job to own it, right? Is Absolutely. that what you're speaking to? Yeah. You- one of one of my serious triggers is when, and I realize the heart behind I'm it. I'm loving this. But when this pastors so or when men stand up and like, hey, we need to empower women. I'm like, okay, women are already powerful. But actually, the correct language to me is that we need to make room for powerful women. Yeah. That's to me, because the reality is we need to actually make room for each other to be powerful. So when you imply that we need to empower somebody means that you actually are the more powerful person in that particular um, situation. (laughs) And so I know my drop. Do you know what I mean? And so and that's not a. The the reality is, I believe men are powerful. I believe women are powerful. Let's make room for each other to be powerful. That's what needs to happen. And so, yes, the own your assignment is every woman's call to raise up world changers. Only a woman can be a mother. This is not something a man can do. A man is a father. A woman is a mother. So if women don't own the assignment and take responsibility, who will? Because the world is trying to mother our children you know the world is trying to father our children we need both but and i feel like the men are like you said matt there is a lot of awesome teaching men becoming more aware of their role and identity as fathers i feel like we've seen a lot in the kingdom of god about god as father god a lot especially in the last decade you know we have these worship songs good good father you know and who we are in him no longer slaves these were the top songs in um you know that one of the dev awards you know and that's because that's what god is releasing in his kingdom and i love that but it is time for women to rise up because of the harvest that's coming. There is too many orphans that are coming in and they're learning how to be sons and daughters. And you, the only way you can learn that is to have mothers and fathers. So what I'm hearing you say is we have to change our language because it's not that, hey, we need to empower women. It's that we need to recognize the empowered women already around us. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, making that, room. Like, let yep. me be powerful. That's so because I'm letting you be powerful, and I think by nature, women, uh, men tend to be more bold and out front. And so, you know, anybody who's going to be, I'm, I'm actually more, probably more like a guy in that matter. And so, you know, pow- people that are like more Type A personalities or or dominant or just like just out there, they always have to be aware of those around them and making yeah. room for them. It's and so, so true, I think so just true. even by very nature, men are more like that, and it's probably just become a kind of just become a mindset, you know? And so, but learning how to make room and valuing what each other brings, that's the body of Christ. That's, that's what we love, you know? So um, for those listening right now, 
What would be a running definition that you would give of what spiritual mothering is? Um, spiritual mothering or the mothering assignment, which I really feel like can be applied Both. to um, it's uh, across um, the board. Yeah, I feel like there are three key components um, to to mothering, the assignment of mothering, both natural and spiritual. I will say this, and this applies to both fathers and mothers. I would say that the, honestly, the best way to raise up world changers is to be one yourself, because that's because those that we are called to influence are looking at us first. They're yes. looking at how we steward our lives. They're looking at the choices we make. They're looking at how powerful so we are in our identity and following after what God has called us to do. And when they can see what is possible for us, when they're watching our lives and see that, they know that their ceiling has been lifted, so to speak. They know it's possible for them. So and so, good. so we're all called to be powerful world changers, and that's the best way to raise it. Um, as far as what the assignment, if I was going to put it in a nutshell, I would say that when that mothers are called to affirm the vision in a child, which has to do with treasuring who they're called to be. It's um, and it and you have to read the book, but there is a synergy with fathers as well. So I'm going to give you the nutshell of the, the mothers again. So they affirm the vision. They assist the vision, that prophetic nature of a mother. They come alongside, they strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And what does that actually look like? And I have scriptural as well as real life examples. And then finally, I feel like a mother is called to accelerate the vision, the destiny of those that they're called to influence. And so where a father might be uh, the identifier of of identity and call out, you know, I feel like fathers are the ones that they call out identity. They, um, they celebrate who they are and they champion who they're becoming. And I feel like mothers actually, the synergy of the two of them together is super powerful. So where the fathers would be kind of the identifiers of those they're called to influence, the mothers are the activators. So good. Oh, I agree with that. Wow. So, I so love, good. You know, love, love that. One of the things you said, I wanted to take back, you said something earlier that I had a thought and we're seeing it right now. I know uh, I just read that there is a, a law that was passed in California, the educational board uh, concerning sex education. That is just crazy right now. Yeah, I actually, I don't know what happened, but I saw some posts about it, but I actually don't even know what happened. <laughs> well, part of what you said that that was so key is that sometimes we're depending on the world to raise our kids or their government. And it's interesting because when you said something, I thought about this. Uncle Sam is an uncle. He's not a mother. And we need those moms to be able to activate and incubate what is needing to be taught within our kids. Yeah, that's so good. And so I, I just love that point that you were making. It's 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 yeah, so good. If we don't do it, who will? Because somebody will. Someone's going to step into that surrogate parent position. And that's why I feel like we're all called to step into this eventually come on this is this is about maturity the natural trajectory of us as family is to go from sons and daughters brothers and sisters to mothers and fathers and we have those different people in our lives that we function differently with but we're not we're not forever supposed to remain sons and daughters except to except to the lord to the father himself so good you know you know i have some questions i want to interview both of you guys i know this is the mother day edition and so i wanted to take some time to ask you guys some questions and uh just kind of hear some response from you guys my first question for you guys both is um as men i know you guys already kind of answered that how can men empower women 
I know we, we've kind of talked about that. I was hoping that we would uh, get get a little deeper in that too. Yeah. You know? Well, first we start by changing the language. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Great first start. <laughs> yeah, that's great. What do you think, Des? Yeah, well, when you ask that question, are you talking men empowering women in general or fathers with mothers or what are, what's your, what are you thinking there? Um, I think that what I'd like to ask is how can we as husbands begin to empower our wives as mothers, but also recognizing the powerful women that they are? Yeah, that's real good. I mean, I think that's probably going to be individual for each woman, to be honest, Um, because every woman is obviously different love languages, different ways that they feel seen and known and heard. Um, For me personally, like I, one of the things that I, I love and I need is just honestly just to be supported in the call that I have to be seen, to be celebrated. Um, that's a big thing for me, you know, because we do, women by nature do a lot for others. And so I think, I a think lot. <laughs> a lot. And, and I think just recognizing that in your wife, you know, the mother of your children, recognizing that they do a lot. That's often the, the, they're the unsung heroes. And so just saying, Hey, I see you. I celebrate you, not just today, but every day. And then making room to really, um, intentionally going after one of her dreams, at least. Like, what can we do to make one of your dreams happen? You know, how can I support you in this and make sure that that we are in this together so to make sure this dream of yours happens? Yeah, and I think for me, I know that we've had this conversation ongoing for quite a while and we've done a few Facebook Lives kind of touching on this subject as far as how do we become individually powerful together. And what that speaks to is that we're both powerful, but we're powerful together. And there's power in us coming together in, in as a husband and a wife in our covenant relationship. And I feel like, of course, I totally agree with what Bethany was just saying. I think for me, it does. I feel like it comes down to me feeling valued. And I know that that can be expressed a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I think that that has to be discovered if, in your relationship, in your intimacy with your spouse. And yeah, I think that also, as far as making time, I feel like this is really fresh with with our relationship because we're in this whole new season right now and we're getting to have this conversation even at a greater so level because, you know, before we were we were pastoring together and we did everything together, but our roles were very different. And now we have a little bit more liberty and time to discover things that are on my heart that I haven't really stepped out in. And so Matt has been so good at not only giving me time to explore that, but also, you know, really engaging in my process, like asking questions and acting like he really cares. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so simple, but it means the world. It's true. And I know it goes both ways, you know, but it has, it's been, it's been really fun. Well, part of it is I learned the hard way. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, because I think, you know, many times you are the reaction of the culture you grew up in. Absolutely. And yeah. so in our church culture, my upbringing, it was a man's world. Uh-huh. And so the woman was, you know, the either the worship leader or the, the children's the pastor. Children's pastor. And you know, there's few the options. Secretary. Or or <laughs> secretary. Women's or, ministry. Yeah, women's <laughs> ministry. Or the intercessors. Right. Or just was the the you know trophy wife. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what they that would they would say that. And I just think that's so unfair because I think it goes all the way back to Genesis. Uh, sometimes we forget when God gave the original mandate to Adam and Eve, it was for them to co-reign together here on earth. Right. Ultimately, the fall happens. We see the curse. Sometimes we forget that at the cross, the curse was broken and what is reestablished is our co-reigning together, not just a woman underneath us. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm seeing in religion is that we're still living with the old wineskin that says a woman's beneath us. Right. Rather than we can co-reign together in this and that we're actually better together uh, being powerfully as individuals together than we are uh, someone beneath us. Yeah. I mean, I feel that even for this book, it's like I am so passionate about women becoming powerful and knowing how powerful they are. But that's not my end game. Like my end game is not for women to rise up and be powerful. My end game is for women to rise up and be powerful alongside powerful men and running together the way that God designed it. And so, because honestly, like you guys know me, I mean, I, I love, I love women, but I don't want to be a women's conference speaker only. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like I have always kind of had that one of the guys things. And I, I think part of, partly because of my call is just unique. It's been normally men who've done similar things. And so running with brothers and, and learning how to do that well and do that, you know, and model that, what that can look like, you yeah. know, for men and women. Hollywood's modeling it. I mean, you see the Avengers, you see the Justice League. I right. mean, you're seeing some of these powerful teams come together. They're equally powerful. Right. And uh, I love that. So I have another question for you guys. I feel like this question is, is you know, as we've uh, mentored and counseled young ladies and moms over the years, it seems like this is kind of one of the biggest attacks that we see on their identity as a mom. Yeah. And so my question to you is, how do you overcome the lies when the enemy is constantly bombarding your mind with attacks against your mothering? Mm, that's really good. Yeah, I, I kind of, I have a lot of friends that I hear stuff coming out of their mouths that are like, hey, maybe I'm just a bad mom or maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm not doing this right. And I feel like obviously at the very core, we're, we are who we are first, you know, I am I am a woman. I am Bethany first before I'm a mother. You know, I'm a daughter of the of the Lord. I'm the King of Kings. And so I think you've got to have that core identity before you try to even filter it through any other roles, any other assignments that you take on. Um, obviously, I think um, I think we're honestly we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> you know, when people look talk to my parents who raised three children that serve the Lord, we're all worship pastors and stuff, and you know, they're like, What did you do right? And my parents would be like, It was the grace of God, you know, and I feel like they did a lot of things right. And it probably was the grace of God as well. And so don't diminish you know, don't diminish the grace of God for sure. But I feel like if you have a heart to connect with your children to raise them up in the way of the Lord as as much as best as you know how. I think I feel like God's God's going to catch the rest, you know? Yeah, so good. And um for me, I think that a few things. Um we did a episode on healing the wounded mother a few episodes ago when I was sharing a little bit of my journey and my story of getting healed of some wounds that I had from my childhood and they were mother wounds, yeah. you know? And I feel like that is a great place to start. Absolutely. Um, if there's wounds from your childhood, whether it's from your mother or other wounds, um, I feel like if you aren't whole as a mom, it's going to be very hard to give what you don't have. 
I feel like that's the first thing. And then, and what had happened was, and I, and I had shared this in, in our, in the other episode, but I had all these lies would bombard me because I didn't have a model to teach me how to be a mom. And so it really began a journey for the Holy Spirit to be my model and the Holy Spirit to mother me as I was mothering. And, And it was, it was, it's been such a beautiful journey because I feel like a lot of my wounds have been healed as I mother my own children. Wow. I've gotten healing of some wounds that I had. And I feel like, you know, just a few practical things. I think that whatever bar you have of what a perfect mom is, you need to just like crash that bar. Absolutely. Like, just break it in half and just like destroy it because there is no perfect mom. You know, you're going to mother your children how you need to mother your children. And I feel like, you know, comparison will always make you feel less than comparison is like and what that does is when you begin to entertain those thoughts it cuts off intimacy with your kids it Mm, cuts off the ability to connect with them right because you're comparing yourself to other people and you you're not you're not approaching your child with what with their needs in mind you're approaching them with what people are thinking of you so i think that would be my other thought would be like stop mothering your children based upon what other people are going to think of you absolutely um yeah because it would rob it robs you and it robs them of you because you're not fully present with your children you're fully present with this this false expectation of what you think you need to be and so that just robs you from you being able to be fully present so absolutely let go of that (laughs) you know it, it got me to think of a conversation i just recently had at a conference with a good friend of ours, Jen Evans. And she um, broke down some scripture for me about the rights of an orphan. Mm-hmm. And as she was talking to me about the rights of the orphan, I began to think, I started thinking about other scriptures that there are actually rights for sons and daughters. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that, you know, what happens when, like, for, for example, uh, there's a situation like you've been through, Des, where somebody grows up and either sickness robs them of their mother or they grew up without a mom. And then we have the pressure of like, I got to go look for a spiritual mom because that's what happens in Christian circles. And what happens is, you know, so what happens when you don't find a spiritual mom or there's nobody around your community that can be that for you? Well, there's scriptural rights where we understand God is neither male or female. Yeah, You know, there's a side of his, you know, we have the Holy Spirit. And so there's rights there where as you begin to connect with God, uh, connect with the Holy Spirit, that mother and nurturing, that part of your right is to receive that healing and learn what it what, what it feels like to be mothered yeah. or to be fathered. That's good. Really good. Yeah, that's so good. So I got another question. Uh, what would you guys say is the difference between a natural mom and a spiritual mom? I mean, right off the bat, I would say natural mother. It's your biological children or adopted children those that you are physically caring for. And then the spiritual mother, it would be really those that you are called to influence or those that, that there is a mutual expression of connection. Um, Cause I, I, you know, I have this whole chapter in my book about, will you mother me? Because even as I've shared this message at a couple of places, I've had women and, you know, people come up to me at the end, like, will you mother me? And I get what they're asking. Cause there is a heart longing yeah, right. for, 
for the powerful expression of a mother in their lives. But the reality is we're not called to mother or even spiritually mother everyone. You've got to know your sphere of influence. You've got to know where you're called. You've got to know those who feel that mutual connection with you. You will not have to tell somebody that you're going to be their spiritual mother. You know, if you have to demand it from them, then you're probably not supposed to be connected to them as spiritual parents. That's so good. We've been in that situation many, many times. Well, just say in the natural. If I have to tell Gavin that I'm his father, I'm doing something wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it turns into manipulation on both sides if that happens, if it's not mutual. So absolutely. <laughs> totally. Yep. Well, let me ask you this other question. Both of you guys. This is the last question. Uh, how do you prepare to be a spiritual mom even if you don't have children? That is a really good question. Um, For us, even though I probably didn't call it that back then, but when we first um, started in college ministry, we were mentoring, pouring into a lot of, I would say, spiritual sons and daughters, even though we weren't saying like, we are, (laughs) I am your mother. You know, they started recognizing that in us, you know, before we ever used that language. And so I feel like I began to learn what that meant even back then, even though I didn't know what I was doing. You know, God was with me and the Holy Spirit taught us. But I feel like if you have a heart to pour into people and you have a heart to disciple and mentor, I mean, I guess here's another question. I'm kind of reversing it. What's the difference between a spiritual mother and a mentor? I actually have a chapter in my book about that. I'm glad I asked them. I would say in a nutshell, I would say there are women that would be a mentor for people, but I feel like mentoring is probably a piece of the larger puzzle of mothering. So understanding, which is honestly why I wrote this book, because I feel like the term and the assignment of mothering has been so vague and undefined. And so when you know what it is, you can be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm called to do for this person. And this person's feeling this connection. And I'm affirming, I'm assisting, I'm accelerating their destiny. We have this connection. And so I would say, and I think mothering is just so much more than just mentoring. And I think it has to, it probably comes down to really a heart connection and the level that you would have with that, um, those people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. But it's too much for probably me to break down right now. Right. But I, I would say it's it's a piece of it, but it's mothering is just bigger. Yeah, I feel like I'm just thinking of some personal examples. Like I've had mentoring um, sessions, I guess you would say, or periods of time where I would mentor someone, but ne- didn't necessarily feel called to mm-hmm. spir- be their spiritual yeah. mother. I think, um, do you think that there's a greater responsibility or what's the word? Um influence and responsibility tied to being a spiritual mother in someone's life versus a mentor? I think it has to do, I love this term that Shambles used. He calls it relational equity too. And I feel like when you are spiritually parenting somebody or being parented by someone, there is a relational equity that would be distinctly deeper and um, stronger than just a mentoring relationship, I feel. And so, and also, honestly, at the end of the day, it's about the family of God, right? Like this is all, we're all family of God. Like God, it's about families, not business. It's about, you know, government. It's all that stuff comes from the core, which is family. And so really learning how to identify his family yeah. with one another is yeah. super important. Well, as I'm thinking about it, I'm just thinking about the people in my life who are mentors and fathers. Mm-hmm. And the difference for me is that I've, I, some of the mentors gave me instructions but fathers help build understanding within me. Yeah. Proverbs talks about it. So you can have instruction, 
but understanding is the actual place you build within and it's uh, what's underneath your standing so it, it's it's a it's a foundation that is built so instruction so kingdom instruction can grow and everybody who's been like a spiritual father into my life i became part of their family right like they invited me into their family their natural family it wasn't just uh, a mentor the people who i know who are mentors we were kind of distant in connection but I was able to receive from them, but I didn't feel like family. I wasn't invited to be a part of their family. And I think that's that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, good stuff. So anyhow, so Bethany. Yes. I'm excited. This book is dropping here. Yep. Uh, how can people get it? When's that official launch date? They can follow me or I'm on, on Facebook right now or you guys because um, we can... We can post it through you guys as well but i'm going to be launching officially the first week of august um and so i will definitely be getting the word out there and if they're interested they're welcome to find me on facebook as well and just let me know and we'll add them to that list but um you guys are kind of getting the pre pre pre-release podcast here so yes <laughs> we're special. We do for friend i know i'm excited so it's it's good any last words you want to give to the uh those who are listening right now just any advice about spiritual mothering or would you just want to maybe declare over them a grace or just Mm. prayer? Yeah. I mean, I would just say, you know, every woman, every man, every child will benefit from powerful mothers in their life. And now as never before, it is time for women to rise to this position because the, because the men, the fathers, the sons need that voice in their life and the daughters and the other mothers, you know, you can mother a mother, you know, there's, there's all kinds of levels, but I feel like it's been the missing key to the complete family for so long. And I know there have been women out there that have been mothers, but it's been far and few between as far as I can tell, you know, and so I feel like it's just time for women to rise up and own this assignment. It's, it's time. It's Come time. On. The harvest is coming. Jesus is, is looking for us. No one else can do it but us. No one else can do it. Hey. It's our it's our job. If we don't if we don't own it, who will? And so I just feel like the call's going out right now. I feel like it's global. Come on. We got three daughters. I'm getting behind this. I'm passionate. Yeah. I mean, this is just something that we want to see. And so all the women out there, it's time to rise. Come on. This is your season. This is your moment. This is the time to shine. This is a time to be powerful. And we just declare over you right now that this platform, this lampstand that you are called to shine so that the world around you would see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. We just call you into that place. Yeah. In Amen. Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us yeah, today, yeah. Bethany. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Bethany. And uh, thank you guys for joining us today on the Matt and Des experience. We look forward to being with you in our next episode. And until then we are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.